Welcome back. I'm your host, Tim, and this is Clear the Air, a Simply Stogies podcast after show. If you're not familiar with what we do here, well, I'm going to tell you. I bring the hosts of Simply Stogies podcast, James and Nick, back on the line where we give each other a little bit of shit, talk about the most recent episode of the Simply Stogies podcast and anything else that we feel is relevant in the cigar industry. Today's episode, we're going to talk all about our most recent experience at the 2023 PCA trade show. Hope you enjoy. Stick around. Welcome back to Clear the Air. Again, I'm Tim, and I'm going to introduce you to the two other guys that I always bring on the podcast. We're all wearing this fancy-ass shirt, but the only one wearing a cool hat is Nick. So we're going to start with Nick. How are you doing? What are you smoking? I'm doing well, and the only reason I'm wearing this hat, other than the fact that I am a Mets fan, is because I lost my Simply Stogies hat at the trade show. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you did. You I, did. I, I, yeah. Would have been wearing my Simply Stogies hat, but you guys are going to have to bear with the New York Mets. If you like yeah. them, great. If you don't, too bad. I'm a New York Mets fan. I was born in New York. Uh, oh, my dad oh, took right me then. to games all yeah, the time. Yeah. So uh, James has probably got something negative to say, and that's why I'm prolonging introducing James. Uh, speaking of that, we actually got an email, the very first email uh, from CTA at Simply Stogies from uh, a Mr. Ben Torres uh, from the Vintage. And uh, he just wanted to make sure that I keep giving James shit. So I'm going to do my best, Ben. I really am. But I can't talk forever. So, James, <laughs> yeah. what are you smoking? Uh, How you doing? Fuck you, Ben. Uh, I can't wait <laughs> to come back out to the Vintage uh, and hang out. Uh, it's a great spot. Uh, you can go check the review out online, simplystogies.com. We did a review of that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, but it's still up there uh, on the site. Great fucking lounge. Uh, ben and company there are fantastic. I can't say enough good things about them. Uh, and they had uh, a pretty successful growth right off the bat. So hopefully that's still going on. I do want to, uh, I wanted to touch base with Ben at the trade show, which is what this, this uh, episode is all about. But uh, unfortunately, he wasn't there. I think uh, his new humidor guy was there as I drop a pin because I'm professional. I'm smoking a Nikos, um, LH Ooh. Nikos, number one, because it's really good. And I can't stop smoking them. I heard they uh, were really good. And number one, because I smoked a bunch of them at the trade show because I told Nick, I was like, hey, if you've got any Nikos, please bring them and I will purchase them from you for real monies. And so that's what I did. And uh, uh, they're very, very good. If you haven't had a Nikos, you need to find them they're fantastic uh yeah no i'm doing i'm doing okay tim thanks for asking uh you fuck um <laughs> so, well i know I, I know the last couple days have been really rough for you so look tim and i have been busting our ass fucking editing these videos for the trade show and i'm sure we'll talk about that so I, i'm already overwhelmed and overstressed trying to get those out in a timely fucking fashion uh the podcast took forever to render for whatever reason, I did get it out. Unfortunately, it's not on Rumble uh, because it's 45 fucking gigabytes, but it is in 4K. So go watch it. Uh, and Rumble has a minimum or a maximum of a 15 gigabyte upload. So unfortunately, it is not. Well, there what if you there. just render the Rumble one in HD? Will that that get the size I may down? I have to do it in like SD. It's just <laughs> yeah, a, standard de <laughs> yeah, standard definition. No, no color. It's like watching TV back in the 80s. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll try to get that uh, done when I have time, but we have, I think I counted and I have here on my little cheat sheet here, uh, 20 
videos that I think we still have to edit and put out. And that's not including the podcast PCA part two that goes out on the 15th, a week from when this uh, uh, show releases. Uh, and that one is going to have on it uh, uh, my interview with uh, Cavalier uh, Geneva, my interview with uh, Foundation, Nick's interview with Steve Saka, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which, trust me, you don't want to miss that. It's fucking hilarious. No, you don't. Uh, it's also going to have uh, uh, Canada uh, on, I think, Canada Cigars and the Room 101 interview that Nick did uh, with uh, his friend Matt Booth which is a great interview. It's basically just Matt being Matt, which is what we want, right? So there's a lot yeah, of stuff. It's more, of a monologue. it's more of a monologue, if anything. I mean, it's not <laughs> a monologue, but that's Matt, you know? Yeah, no, and it's anyway. good. Like, Matt's Matt, and I love Matt for who he is, and uh, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great uh, piece. But all of these, there, there's just so many that we're trying to get through, guys, and so just hang with us. We're, we're trying to get these out as, as quickly as possible, but then I had a storm come, roll through on... Saturday that knocked out power when it knocked out power. I have a piece of equipment here that every time power gets knocked out, like this piece of equipment just takes a shit $300 uh, rack piece that does a lot of pre it's a, it's a preamp and uh, pre-processing. So there's a compressor, de-esser and bass and treble and all that happy horse shit that makes my velvety tones smoother. And, uh, yeah, you you sure it was one. the storm and not just the years of your voice being processed through it? Maybe it was. Look, little column A, little column B. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit. So uh, regardless, like I spent most of today trying to fumble fuck with this thing because for whatever reason, the settings don't didn't work the same as the settings on the other one. So, What number anyway, is that? Is that number two or number three? This is the third one. Oh, man. Yeah. So hopefully. But the, the other one lasted three years. If you look at the $100 a year, I'll take that. So let's no. uh, get into it, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Uh, I want to first, let's just start off and talk about the team that we brought to the PCA trade show this year. Uh, it was obviously James. He has to be there. Uh, Nick. Do I? You got to be there. <laughs> Is it mandatory? God damn it. It's mandatory. Uh, and then, of course, I'm there. Uh, and then we brought Randy and Bruce. So that was the uh, team of five. Uh, that went to the trade show this year. And I was really impressed with how well the team worked together, the motivation to just hit the floor running. I mean, how many interviews total did we even do? Uh, close to 60. Uh, and, and for a team of five uh, and and out of that five, two of them have only like this was their first time doing it as media because <clears throat> i don't think you've done the pca as media have you nick or was have you done it before no never have yeah so it was your first time doing media it was bruce t- first time doing media and randy's exposure last year where we were so overwhelmed that we didn't really have any clue what the fuck we were doing <laughs> we did really well and like so this is my opportunity once again i did this i think on a couple of uh YouTube lives there at the show, but I, I want to give some props to some, to, to some folks. Uh, and those folks would be everybody on the team. I think Nick did a fantastic job, um, you know, going around and, and doing what Nick does, which is, is just be Nick and he's personable and people love him. And they love to talk to him and he knows everybody in the industry. Oh, and, shucks guys. Yeah. And, yeah. No, he, he does. He does. He knows everybody. You can't walk five foot 
on the trade show floor without like, oh shit, where'd Nick go? Oh, there he is. Okay, he's talking to this person. He's talking to that person. <laughs> it was like, I found it comical and annoying at the same time. <laughs> it was, it, it's great because it's like, and I, you know, I know Nick's sitting right here, so I'm trying not to like, make him have him big, have give him a big head or blow smoke. I already have room. a big head. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I, for him to take the time to do this, cause this was five days and it sucks. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of all of that kind of stuff. And for him to take the time out of his schedule and do this, cause we don't get paid. I don't know how many times I can say that none of us get paid doing this. What little money we do make goes right back into the podcast to pay for, you know, things like the fucking equipment. that fucking break. <laughs> yeah. um, Labor of, us, of love. Right. It is a labor of love and we love doing this. And for Nick to take the time to do that and really bring a, 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 some gravitas to this podcast and this show uh, there at the trade show, I, I am humbled and beyond thankful that he did that. Uh, Bruce did a fantastic job taking the third rig. We had three camera rigs and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but we were the envy of, uh, just about all the other podcasters that were there because of how our setups were set up. Um, Bruce did a great job and we kind of threw him to the wolves. And so in some of those interviews, which you can go on simplystogies.com and check those out or go to our YouTube channel and check them out. Some of those interviews, the first ones you can tell. Bruce is a little overwhelmed and he's like, I don't know quite what I'm doing. I'm going to figure <laughs> think, it out. I think Blackbird was his first one. But that was with us standing there watching him. Yeah, and that's true. So he had that moral support. But when we sent him out on his own, you know, he's trying to to, to center everything, get everybody he in the did shot. Better. And he did. Yeah, he did a really great job. Um, and he, like, I can't thank him enough. Like Bruce is an integral part of the team that uh, without him, we wouldn't have had, we would have only had maybe 30 interviews out of the, out of the almost 60 that we had because he took a lot off our plate and was able to go do it and do it at a high level. So big thanks to Bruce. And of course I can't go one fucking podcast without mentioning Randy. Um, And while Randy's Randy, like again, the guy helped us out a lot. He was great with the camera. He was always and he right took there by time out of his busy schedule. You know, I mean, he is. He's a Randy's busy got guy. Got shit going on too. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm I'm humbled by um, the amount of work that all four of you have put in to this uh, little thing we call Simply Stogie's podcast. Um, Tim, you are phenomenal. You came up with the secret sauce. You run the website. You do a lot of editing. Like you're still a dick, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, he's yeah. the behind the scenes guy. I mean, he really is a lot of behind the scenes. Not that you aren't, James. I mean, you guys do a lot behind the scenes, and uh, I applaud both of you for that. Um, as much as I'm just kind of the hired help, uh, so to speak, you guys do all the the, the you know hired legwork, the background, <laughs> whatever. You know, like I pay you, Nick. I'm not. You know? I can't afford. Well, okay, the, the not. The not hired help, yeah. uh, the unpaid hired help. How's that? How's that going? But listen, uh, I volunteered for this when you offered me to come on. I figured, you know what? I like talking about cigars. I like talking about the lifestyle uh, and everything there is about cigars. And this is just another avenue, um, not just from a manufacturer standpoint, but as a consumer standpoint, as a, a super fan. Listen, we all got into cigars because we love cigars. And for me to be able to 
be at all different levels, it's great, you know, as a retailer in the past and as a manufacturer. And now as media again, um, I find it, uh, they enjoy it. Obviously, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, clearly. Yeah, it's a it, lot of work. It, it really was is. fun following Nick around because he would go up to people and just, hey, how's it going? And it took some people, it took them a second to be like, oh, I do know who you are. Hey, are you still with this old company that you were doing this with? Are you still doing that? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm here with Simply Stogies today. By the way, can I get, can I sit down with you for five, 10 minutes? It was, just, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. And I talked about it uh, on the live. That was the most fun part for me of the whole show is to watch these guys that haven't seen Nick. Cause when was the last time you went to the trade show Nick? Uh, the year before the, so 2018, the, um, 2018. Yeah. So 2018, 2018 was the last time. So it's been five years since you've been to the trade show. So five years since you've seen some of these guys and even longer for others. Cause you just don't get time when you're running a booth to, to see everybody and yep. to watch everyone react to, Oh shit. It's like watching Matt Booth's eyes light up. Like, Oh my, like, and I, you know, look when, when I walk up to Booth, his eyes don't light up because he's like, oh, you're here to ask me questions. Like, I don't want to fucking answer the same fucking questions that everybody else has been asking me for, for the last four days. But when he sees you in line, he's like, holy shit, it's sick. And then you guys bond over your long hair, which is weird, but whatever. Like, bond over whatever you're going to bond over. Yeah, that, that was a little weird, for sure. You know, he hasn't uh, seen me since I had the long hair. So, of course, there was some time devoted to the, the hair. But to see you him. Know, we traded. See- we to see him light up and to see, to see Island Jim light up, uh, you know, and he, when Island Jim saw me, he was like, Hey, where's Nick? I'm like, I think he's coming in tonight. He's like, I think he's coming in tomorrow. Like he was really looking forward to seeing you, um, watching you with Oscar Valadares, uh, and just everybody, every, every, like when you would walk by anybody, they're like, Oh my God, Nick, what are you doing? It was, it was great. Like, so for me, that was like the highlight uh, of the trade show just to see everybody, because you do command, you do have a lot of respect in the industry. And it's weird for me to, to like walk into a B&M and your stuff's not in there because you have so much respect in the industry and a lot of gravitas and your cigars are fantastic. And I've said well, before, yeah, should be in I, every I, I gotta tell, country. I got to tell a quick story. Uh, when I was strictly overseas, um, when I first started walking as a retailer, because remember I had the shops overseas, I, I did the floor in the early year as a manufacturer slash retailer. So I'm wearing the, the retailer badge and I'm doing stuff for the retail stores. But what I did, I remember this is how far back it was. My son, who is now 29, was still in high school and, and he definitely wasn't a senior. So he was a little bit younger. So we're walking around the trade floor and I'm going to see people that I knew, all the other manufacturers, and I'm handing them one of my cigars. And my son turns to me, this is on day two, and he says, Dad, I don't understand. These guys technically are all your competitors, right? I go, well, if you want to call it that, you know, we're all in the industry. We all make cigars, but it's all about the passion of cigars. So he's like, so I don't get it. Why are you giving your competition your cigars? And almost on cue, we were actually cutting through, I think it was the Alec Bradley booth, and um, Jorge uh, George uh, he was the national sales manager at the time. He's in the middle of a meeting. He stops. He sees me. He screams through the whole floor, Nick, that cigar you gave me, it was phenomenal, man. You have a great product. 
And I turned to my son and I said, that's why I do it. He's like, why? I said, because you know what? The consumers may not know it in the U.S. at the time they didn't, and a little bit more now, but not really. Um, but the manufacturers, the other factories, they all got to try and know my cigars. So they actually, you know, will will say, they won't say anything bad about it because, you know, there's really nothing bad to say about it, I believe. And uh, it, so there's where the respect level. I mean, if I was putting out a ship product from a ship factory, these guys would be the first ones to tell me. So when they're giving me the thumbs up and their their approval, I knew it was on the right path uh, in my journey in, in the manufacturer world. So going back and seeing all these people, uh, that's why I was really anxious and, and looking forward to doing this uh, as, as media where I could put the manufacturer hat aside. And again, a lot of times, like like Tim mentioned, they don't know what the hell, like, what are you, what, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, there, I had the smooth draws, so some people knew me from smooth draws. So I've been around for a while, and 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 uh, I plan on continuing being around. And I love all aspects of this industry. And so for me, it was a lot of fun to reconnect, as you say, and see people that I haven't seen in five years or more. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. And you come back, and there's still more work to be done. Um, Nick, where are you at? Because you're not where you're normally at. No, I'm not. I am <clears throat> actually at. A- a cigar lounge in New Milford, New Jersey, called Lease uh, Cigar Lounge. A uh, great shop if you happen to be in the North Jersey area and you want to go to a really nice shop that carries a lot of great cigars with uh, a great tobacconist by the name of Jesse. It's owned by a guy named Jerry, who is one of the nicest proprietors I've ever met. And uh, it, it's about an hour from uh, where I live, but any chance I can get up here, I do. And instead of trying to get through traffic and go back to the uh, normal uh, recording spot, which was the Metropolitan Cigar Society, I figured, you know what? It's a quiet night. Uh, I'm in the member section, and I threw up the camera. And, of course, I forgot the cable, uh, so I don't have my professional microphone. So please, uh, if I look like I'm Japanese anime and the the voice doesn't match the video, uh, you'll know why, but uh, you know what? We all make mistakes, and I make a lot of them. So at least no, I'm here. it's good. So. It's good. It's just I wanted Dude. people. I wanted to make sure people knew that like it's not an editing thing. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it, <laughs> it's a, it's a we'll try thing. to fix it in post, well, but I can't do all miracles. Well, I'm sure you'll do fine. Tim. It'll just nah. take a few more hours to line up the audio. <laughs> <with> nah. <laughs> nah, nah. nah. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, accommodations because uh, the past uh, couple years that we've gone to the PCA trade show, uh, we've stayed at the hotel at the Venetian because that's where the uh, trade show is held at the expo right there at the Venetian. But it sounds like it's officially released now yep. that uh, the trade show is not going to be at the Venetian. It's going to be at the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, if I'm correct. Yes. Uh, and look, some of the, like I was reading uh, Charlie's, um, uh, some of what he put out on Half Wheel about the thing and saying that this was the last time that we would uh, probably be having the PCA trade show at the Venetian. And I know some folks are kind of nostalgic for that. Um, and when they announced it was the convention center, this was pre um, PCA trade show. Like people were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. We're all right with that. 
Um, and then when they announced at the trade show that 2025 will be in or uh, or in uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, yeah, yeah, nobody was happy about that. Like everybody just was silent. Nobody clapped. They like the dates. They like the uh, the spring dates, but they don't want it in New Orleans. And there's a lot of problems with New Orleans. If you go read Charlie's article, he kind of breaks it down uh, where there's a lot of things going on in New Orleans at the time. And, uh, you know, having it there during that busy time may not be the best thing. So I think there are some legitimate concerns about that, uh, but hopefully... Uh, the PCA kind of works with the city of New Orleans and with the, the wherever it's going to be held uh, and and kind of work that out and are able to, to procure hotels and, and whatnot for the uh, thousands of people that descend uh, on this trade show once a year. Uh, but yeah, this was the last time at the Venetian. I'm not complaining about that because staying at the Venetian is rather expensive. I think it was about two grand uh, for all four four or five days we were there and I don't want to spend that kind of money anymore. I'm kind of over it. So I think next year the plan is because it's at the convention center, which is fine. And, and if you go, if you've watched the podcast, you know that Scott Pierce talks about it, that, that um, he doesn't tell you what hall, but at the press conference he told us, and I actually have, we recorded the press conference, but it's like an hour and a half long. And I don't think you guys would really get a lot out of it maybe you would maybe not i was going to try to edit it but there's so much editing i'm not that's going to be the last thing i even <laughs> yeah attempt. we have we haven't we have quite a few things that we you know extracurricular things um you know that we tried to do some new uh concepts and those are the things that we're waiting till the end to actually look at and edit um just yeah. it, one of the ideas is the amount of people that cut in front of the camera. They I was going to do a blooper reel of that because I think that's funny. Pay attention. No, they yeah. don't. What do you got? And if Nick? I could speak about if, if I could speak about the New Orleans, um, yeah, I did two trade shows uh, there as a manufacturer. There's some good points to it, um, but I can tell you that generally speaking, they're not as well attended as the Las Vegas one. It seems like. A lot of retailers like Vegas because it's a quasi vacation, a working vacation, so to speak. They can, uh, even though you can gamble in New Orleans, just not the same. Um, you know, you have Bourbon Street and you have, uh, you know, that uh, it, it's a different vibe for sure. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to not necessarily going back, but just getting out of Vegas. I mean, people, everybody kept asking me, oh my God, wasn't it super hot? In Vegas, and I go, well, I'll be honest, you know, yeah, it was 115 degrees uh, average temperature every day, but did we ever go outside? No. You know, we walked from the hotel to the convention center. The only time I was outside in Vegas was from the Uber to the hotel and back. That was it. So I didn't get that heat that everybody keeps talking about. So for me, that wasn't a factor. New Orleans is definitely uh, nicer to be outside strolling down the street and and there's a lot more areas, but it's more spread out. You know, like with Vegas, you have the Circle Bar, you know, and you, everybody kind of conjugates there, and there's a bunch of different events going on. So it'll be a little bit more spread out in in uh, New Orleans. But I think a lot of people are ready for a change, and I think, um, you know, it was, it was the right time. But as you mentioned, it was quiet uh, in the room with the press people because I know uh, most of the, uh, you know, the media, I guess – their lack of uh, 
<laughs> lack of any type of reaction was not a positive one. But I think at the end of the day, it's a pretty good place. It's all. Well, yeah, and, you know, talking to Scott uh, Pierce, the uh, uh, executive director of the PCA, he, you know, you can't make everybody happy all the time. And part of the problem is, is you can't have it at the Venetian in the spring because there are other events going on in the spring that that convention center, the Venetian is being used for. So the only place in Vegas that was really uh, available to the PCA uh, was the convention center that would allow us to smoke and that would hold, uh, you know, enough people. So next year at the convention center, um, and if you're familiar with Vegas, which I am not, I, my understanding is there's not a lot around the convention center as far as hotels. So everyone's going to be uh, either taking the monorail from the strip to the convention center, or uh, I believe uh, the resort world is going to be the, uh, uh, the hotel that you can get the uh, discount uh, with if you're with the PCA. But I think what we're going to do, cause I know everybody gives two shits about what we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is we are going to, uh, we're just going to get an Airbnb. We're going to have a little compound. I think we're going to follow what Coop uh, and, and his uh, crew does. We're just going to have a compound, and hopefully that will help us out being able to edit uh, more at night because we're not distracted by going to dinner and doing this and going to do that, and let's go to the circle bar. It's going to be, all right, cool. Like Tim and I can sit down and maybe even Randy because Randy's trying to, to figure out the editing piece. So we have three editors uh, and try to figure out if what we can edit that night, get it done and get it out as, as quickly as possible and hopefully get some uh, content out uh, because this is the first year where we didn't put content out while we were there. And so I've always, it's like, I just felt since day one, we were behind the eight ball and I get home and I'm just like, God damn, we're so far behind now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you can't make everybody happy all the time. And uh, they have, I think they're in Hall A, the convention's in Hall A next year at the convention center. So it's a long hall, long and narrow. And, and Scott was talking about um, trying to set things up like Main Street Disney. When you walk into Disney World, there's, there's shops on both sides and the castle in the fucking middle one. So we'll see, we'll see what, what, what that looks like. I'm excited about that, but honestly, I feel like Tampa would be a much better fit for a cigar industry trade show than literally anywhere else in the United States, Vegas included, because it's going to be more cigar friendly. Um, and that's where a lot of your cigar smokers are at. And it's got the culture of cigar smoking there. And the, it, it just, to me, Tampa makes more sense than literally anywhere else, but maybe I'm, I can base. tell you, I can tell you in the past, the one in Orlando, I think was the, the worst one because we were at the Hilton and then you want to do anything. You had to take a cab ride to downtown and, um, you know, where everybody was hanging up. And it was great for Jeff Borgewitz because everybody was conjugating at his, one of his two stores. And it was great for him, but it was a bitch. You know, it was like an hour cab ride to get to downtown. Uh, and so I think a lot of people bitched. And the other thing was we all sat in front of the hill that we brought all our chairs out there. So we're all just sitting out in front. It was like we took over the hotel. So it was a more intimate setting if you stayed at the hotel. But if you went downtown, um, it, was, it, was, it was different. But, yeah, I think – actually, I would like to see a new city. Like uh, Nashville, I think, would be a perfect city. 
Um, and I, I know they've talked about Nashville. Um, you know, it's an up and coming, uh, happening spot and a lot of younger people there. And I think just something new would be great to just, I think Nashville would be, would be, I know they've talked about it. I know that they have talked to the city of Nashville. I know they've, they've done some things to try to make some inroads there. Uh, and I think Nashville would be a great spot. Um, and it's not nearly as long as a, a of a drive or a flight for me. So I'm all for that. But Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm all for getting closer to home. Yeah, let's do Chicago. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Let's not do Chicago. Not in the winter anyway. Yeah, no, you know, no. In, in Even March, in the, Chicago? No. It still snows in March in Chicago. It snows in April in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no. Sure. We did have, though, at the Venetian, we did have the balconies which is something we didn't have last year, which uh, that's where we did our, uh, our lives at our pre and post little shindig, which that ended up being kind of a headache within itself because we did test it out to see how it would work, but we made the mistake because I thought when we were on the trade show that I could just use my cell phone for an internet connection. And that did not work. So I think the very first one that we did was a complete flop. Uh, and then we had to do them in the hotel rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And which is fine. Um, you know, and I, yeah, that's stuff that we'll figure out um, kind of as we go. Kind of uh, you guys are kind of getting a little peek at how the sausage is made a little bit. But, yeah, I think that's one of those things where uh, it'll get better as we continue to do it. And I think that if we are at an Airbnb, Wi-Fi is typically included, and I don't think that'll be an issue going forward. Yeah, we better um, double check, though, because I think uh, talking to Coop, he said that that was one of the issues that they ran across at one point. Yeah, it just depends on, I guess, what kind of Wi-Fi it is, and that's something I, you can discuss with the host before you even book, I think. I, I don't know. I'm not really overly familiar with Airbnb, but I, I guess I'm going to get familiar with it here in the next couple months. And that's the other thing. The trade show is so close. Like normally you got 12 months. Now you're down to eight months. Uh, so where we typically start our, um, our uh, uh, kind of prepping for the trade show in January, because we've got six months. Now we're going to end up starting to prep for the trade show in literally like November. So yeah, it's, it's going to come up real quick. Months. It's just a couple of months away you know, making sure people want to go, who's going to go, who's doing what, that kind of stuff. And so it might help us out if the same people are able to go uh, because it's going to be a little fresher in everyone's mind. Uh, but, you know, there's always snafus. There's always something like Coop said, always something always pops up and it's just kind of a pain in the dick that you kind of got to deal with. So true. We, well, so you've told us what uh, some of your favorite things about the PCA trade show were, James, but I want to know what, what did Nick enjoy? What were some of your favorite things from the trade show? I kind of um, touched on it a little bit. It was really reconnecting and seeing, you know, people that I've known in the industry for a decade plus. Um, so that was, for me was the ultimate fun um, is reconnecting with a lot of people and seeing also a lot of my retailers, you know, as well, all in one spot. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun for me because, um, you know, I got to see some new brands that, you know, making their, their debut there. And, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting reconnection. I think that was the best part of it, you know, just reconnecting. And at least now I got my footing. I think for the next one, when we do our prep, we, um, I think we can hit a lot more, you know, because 
um, it'll be it'll be easier. Um, we just go bang, bang, bang. I think we can hit a lot more. Uh, I'd like to hit a lot, and I know we've talked about this uh, off air. Is you know some of the larger guys that we didn't do, and I think it, you know we. I know this show has always kind of been geared towards, you know, the boutiques and we want to introduce a lot of the brands that are less known, but not, you know, not just because they're less known don't, don't mean that their cigars are any uh, worse uh, than the big players. Um, but I think also paying homage to the, the bigger players out there. I mean, I would have liked to stop in Rocky Patel's and even Nick Perdomo and not that they need the, uh, the coverage, but it also gets people that are just that know those brands to kind of like get to see their 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 heroes. You know, I mean, these guys are like staples and you know celebrities, and so uh, getting to see them as well on, on this show, as well as all the, I think we do a great job of covering a lot of the boutiques that are out there. But we should kind of like maybe eighty twenty, you know, hit some of the other bigger guys uh, next year. So I think that will should be our focus, or at least that's my input to the show about it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I think there's there's something to be said about that. And typically, we do uh, focus on on boutique, and a lot of that was just my decision early on uh, to do that because for several reasons. Like normally, I smoke more boutique than I do mainstream cigars. Mainstream in quotes. Um, and the other reason is, you know, I just starting out. Who are these guys? Like they're they're like, am I gonna pull Rocky onto the show? Probably not. Uh, just start now. But now that we've got, you know, over four years under our belts, three trade shows, uh, you know, Nick Sirius is co-host. Uh, and we've we've upped our, our video game and obviously our audio game is has always been on point. Uh, I think I think that. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's time to start pulling some of these bigger guys in, getting them in, highlighting what they have done for the industry in the past and what they're doing for the industry now. Because those are the guys that keep the industry going. Rocky, Carlito, um, they're the ones who really move the ball forward for everybody. So I think I, I I don't disagree. I think I think you're right. I think it's time to maybe start bringing them in. But I think it will be 80, 20, 70, 30, somewhere around there. We still want to focus on the boutique brands and we want to bring them, uh, you know, highlight their brand. And like I said, in the last clear of the air, uh, you know, if my legacy is one person has tried one cigar that they would have never tried before because they listen to the show or they watch the show on YouTube or rumble, then I I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that legacy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. The, the big guys deserve, uh, you know, they deserve to have a light shown on them as well because they, like I said, they do so much for the industry. I think we've learned a lot of things from this trade show. And so we have, game plans in place to rectify those i hate to say downfalls but you know it is what it is so i think next year it's definitely something that i think that we can do is get some of those bigger guys i don't see why we couldn't no i agree oh there's no reason there's no reason why we couldn't we could have done it this year um but you know what that's okay you know we're growing we're we're evolving as a podcast and i think that having a mix is better for our, our viewers, our, our listeners. So as a, like a broad brush stroke, what are some of the things that the PCA, in your opinion, that the PCA did better this year than our previous years? And again, we only have three PCAs under our belt, so we can't speak for prior to that. 
I think you got to take the bad and the good at the same time. So I'll, I'll start with the bad. I know you asked about the good, uh, and I know you want. No, that's fine. That would that was my follow up question, but we'll switch it around. That's the, fine. Yeah, I want to start with the bad. I think the bad is the the party, the opening night party, and I think they know that now. But like I said in the live, you know, so for those of you who don't know, the opening party was massive, massive. It was the biggest opening party we've seen. It was seen huge. In the three years that we've been doing it. It was gigantic. Uh, and we I think it's in- the biggest ever that I've, you know, in the last 10 years, it's probably the biggest. I mean, it was crazy. But that line, you know, there's a better way to do it. And I, I know that the people that were the sponsors of that event wanted to be showcased and highlighted. But, you know, having to wait in line for as long as, you know, everybody had to and then wait in line again to go to see, you know, the the three uh, hosts of that evening. It was a little much. And I think it could have been a better use of time of mingling. There was a lot less mingling because everybody was standing in line waiting to, you know, talk to the three hosts and get their uh, three host cigars. Uh, So even though there was, I think, open bar, a lot of people didn't take advantage of that because you're standing in line. So I think they realized the, the negative part of it. But the positive is the turnout was great. And just with a little tweak, that will be a good event. And uh, going forward, it should be very promising. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, you know, uh, those of us who stood in line for an hour and a half to two hours to get the three cigars, the lighter, the cutter, whatever it was, um, <laughs> we were like, God damn, look at the, look at the size of this line. And then the PCA looked at it and went, God damn, look at the size yeah. of that line, right? They were like excited that there were so many people at the opening party. And so I think mm. there's a lot of positives to take away from that. Um, you know, to go back to your original question, that the, the, it was such a big turnout for the show overall. Uh, but the negative to that is, excuse me, that opening party. <laughs> that opening party was just... Yeah, but on the, on the positive side of that opening party, even when the turnout... Uh, has been, as far as attendance-wise, about the same in past years. I mean, this was a little bit more. You had a lot more people that were going to that opening party. Uh, in past years, General or Altitis usually ran it, uh, and there was nowhere near the attendance at those things. They had a little hors d'oeuvres and things, and they did as well on this one. But again, most people didn't get a chance. Uh, I got to walk around a lot during the uh, I would stop in the line here and there, but I was just doing my mingling thing. And I noticed that most people were in that line. There wasn't that many people that were sitting down. Uh, and it was disappointing because I know a lot of people were disappointed on that aspect of it. But the positive side is I think in the future, they know what to do. And if it's well attended again, which I believe it will be, uh, it'll be a much better, logistically speaking, how they're going to do it. They, they realize, you know, we don't have to really harp on it, but yeah, no. what the negative was. And I think the positive is that the attendance and people were in attendance, not just there, you know, registered, but they actually came to the events, which is uh, the, the, the percentage of people that came to the, the PCA events was much higher. You know, the seminars and everything else, it was much better attended than in past years. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, you know, some of the things that I would like to see change is obviously, you know, just give us a bag full of goodies. Let us go in. There needs to be more seating and not so many just, you know, tables that you can stand at. There needs to be more seating for folks. Uh, turn the DJ down or don't have a DJ at all. No one's dancing. 
Nobody's there. <laughs> it's so true. I don't understand that. We're smoking cigars, and I know while there is a, a large culture of cigar smokers that do enjoy that nightlife, where they're smoking cigars and they're dancing and they're partying, uh, that is not the majority of folks there at the, 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 the trade show. Uh, it is your the majority are your quintessential old white fat guys like myself that don't want to dance and want to sit down. And the and reality is the people that want that, James, the people that want that night, that life, uh, that nightlife, they're not at that opening you know, event. They weren't there this year either. No, they go, they go, uh, to, the, they go right. to the parties. They go to the parties after. You know, um, after the opening party, they go to the, the parties at the, the, you know, after the trade show closes every night. And that's what those folks do. And so I think that opening party needs to be more of a networking thing and less of a party thing. Like go around, talk to people, catch up. Like in years past when it wasn't so uh, crowded, I was able to network with lounge owners. I was able to network with folks that I knew in the industry that have been on the podcast. I was able to meet new folks and, and talk with them and get them to come on the podcast. And this year I, I didn't. Um, I think the only people that I saw actually was Castagli. It was uh, uh, Graham and Tamara stopped me in line, introduced me to Enrico from Canada Cigars. And that was it. Everybody else was standing in line or they were they'd already got their cigars and they were off doing whatever they were doing. And literally by the time we got done in line, the party was supposed to be over and there was still probably an hour's worth of people behind us waiting in line to get that. But I, I I feel like more seating, less music. (laughs) Like let's just, let's turn this into a mingle. Right. And, and you have more tables and chairs. Uh, I I would like to see that. Um, As far as the show itself, I'd like to see, and I know the BCA was kind of a last minute addition for the PCA, but I would have liked to seen them closer to the front, that pavilion, uh, because I think that's a great partnership for the BCA and the PCA. I think if the PCA can highlight these manufacturers and say, hey, we help start so-and-so because we, we let them come in as part of the BCA and now look, they've got their own booth and they're doing their own thing and we help them grow. I think that's great. Um, kind of uh, advertisement for the PCA to manufacturers, uh, especially new manufacturers. And, and and James, I know for a fact that the PCA is 100% behind the BCA um, because there are people that were in the BCA that were talking about having their own booth or separating for various reasons. And they're being encouraged to stay in the BCA pavilion and trying to highlight them and make it a more of a focus of uh, the PCA. So uh, a little bit of both, you know, I think the PCA is behind it. And I think uh, it was the first year they did such a thing. And I think it, it got some interest and attention, but you're right. I think if it was positioned closer to the front or somewhere instead of the back, um, it would be better for the people there with their, uh, their kiosks in the BCA. And nobody, to be to be clear, nobody in the BCA really complained about it. They were right there next to the Altadas booth. They were right there next to the food court. People came back. They saw them. They talked. They made orders. People made money. So I don't I don't think anybody was complaining from the BCA about where they were. Uh, but I would like to see them expand on this idea, grow it. Uh, I think the BCA is great. I think we need to have. Um, Dr. Caffey and uh, Armand on from the BCA uh, to have them really focus on on that and then highlight their brands, DAV Cigars and uh, Caffey 1901 Cigars. But 
I think that was good, but I also think, like I said, you got to take the good and the bad, and the bad was they were kind of pushed in the back. Uh, and then I guess my... But, but, you know, if a new manufacturer is going to get a 10 by 10 booth, that's going to... What are you laughing at? What's, what's funny? You're, you're going Japanese again. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We can hear you. All right. Well, as long as the message is getting across and you get to see my mug, if they're not... I'm looking at my camera and the voice, and it looks good, but I don't know. Maybe on your end by the time. Maybe it's the internet here. I don't know. But anyway, I'll make my point. <laughs> my point is if you're a new manufacturer and you're presenting for the first time, guys, I, I can't talk when your guys are laughing your asses <laughs> off over there. I'm looking at you. Is it, is it, is it that bad? Really? No, no. No, it's, it's not, not, but it is still fine. No, we're just anymore. busted your chops. That's all. We're busted your chops. All right, all right. Don't make me feel worse than I already no, do. You're good, you're um, good. Anyway, my, my point is this. If you're a first-time manufacturer at the trade show, usually what you get is what I used to call no man's land because I was there the first year. You got in the back, you know, the 10 by 10s, um, and you're lucky if anybody showed up to your booth back then. If you got a bad spot, you were screwed. So in the BCA, even though it was in the back of the trade show, there was really no, you know, at least people, it was a destination point where retailers were like, oh, let's see what this is about. So where maybe they would never visit some of these other brands, at least they, they got some awareness that they were part of the BCA and they got to see these new brands that were there. So that's the positive of it. Even though they were in the back, um, I think it's better than just being a no man player. So, if you're going to be in the very back, though, at least you're right next to the food court. So you're going to get a lot of traffic going to the food court. And, oh, wait, hold on. What's this whole thing going on back here? Let's check it out. Yeah. Compared nope. to being all the way in the back on the other side of the trade floor where they put the uh, the media booths. Uh, Which, look, the, let me talk about the media booths since you brought it up. Let me talk about yeah, that real yeah, quick. Yeah, I, I, king I, of segue right here. I like the media booth. I think it's a good idea. Like they asked this in the press conference and nobody really said anything. They're like, oh, yeah, that's great. I like the the media booth. I think it was a great idea. Do I think it was executed well? No, I don't. But, you know, when you, when you read Half Wheels, um, you know, Charlie's thoughts on the show and whatnot, they spent, Half Wheel alone spent $15,000 to have Wi-Fi. Ooh, wow. That's, in, that's insane. What did they, what did, oh, meaning they bought it through the uh, trade they, show. They bought it through the trade show. So there's no way that they will, that the, that the PCA will ever give us Wi-Fi, period. So we're going to have to, um, you know, record content on the show floor, take it back, edit it, and get it out. That's just, that's the long and the short of it. Is that good or bad? I don't know. You guys are the judge of that, right? Are you watching the videos? Are you watching the podcast? Are you listening to the podcast? I don't know. Um, so would you watch it live? Probably not. Nobody like that's just it. Instagram lives. They, you can keep them up there forever and they can go back and watch them. But I, I don't know if that's really where it's at either. We're not really a social media focused uh, thing. So the media boosts are great because you know, it allows, we could it, experiment we can experiment with that, James. I mean, 15000 is just a ridiculous amount of money to spend. But like everything else at that trade show, because of the unions and what they charge, people, if they have any idea of what they charge, you want to hang a banner over your booth, that price starts at $2,000. 
That's yeah. just that's not including the cost of the banner. So the cost there, I mean, everything is super expensive. And I think, you know, if you get a T-Mobile hotspot that's like $50 a month, even if you try it for one month, so, you know, T-Mobile's got pretty good on, you know, plug in T-Mobile, but anybody's, you know, hotspot may be good enough to run. You know, we, we can experiment and see if it's yeah. good enough. I did see some of the half wheel that they did from their little booth, you know, like the little the media booth, because they were isolated, so you didn't get the noise. So I think there's that. And, and you know, half wheel is all about getting the information out first. That's what they, you know, pride themselves on. They're out there live. They're doing it, you know, a report. I don't know how, what they're doing, but they're well, there every day. I, yes with their and no, content. Nick, because I remember last year and the year before, we got all of our content out. Now, that said, it was a lot less content than a what lot we had less, this year. Yeah. Uh, we got all of our content out, and Half Wheel was still putting out PCA content in September. And, uh, you know, they did more this year than they had ever done. I think uh, Charlie said they did 167 booths which is an insane amount to get done, especially with only five They pride themselves of hitting everybody, though. They make a point of hitting every manufacturer. And there's something to be said. They cover every single, if you're new, if you're small, if you're large, they got everybody. So there's that. You know, we're plugging half wheel, like, you know, because you know what? They are right now, you know, at the top of the food chain. Well, so are, and they, they deserve are, but, to be because they've been doing it for a while. We do we do something different than they do, and I'm not trying to say that it's better or worse, but it's just different. What we do is we interview these guys. We go to the we go to the to the booths. We get you know 15, 20, 30 minutes of their time. In some cases, ten minutes. Some cases, five minutes. And we interview them, and we put that interview out, and you get to see the booth, right? And you get to see the product. And you get to, to, to know what these guys are all about, what they're trying to uh, accomplish there at the trade show, where when Half Wheel goes, it's literally a one to two paragraph thing describes the booth. There's one picture and that's it. And so we do something different. There's not really an interview with them. It's it's one or two blurbs and that's it. Uh, and, and, and two paragraph thing. And, and that, that's how they want to cover the trade show. That's how they want to cover the trade show. Like good on them. Like that's not what we're ever going to do. We will never with five of us and even three rigs, even if we had five rigs, there's no way we would cover 150 or more booths. And so kudos to half wheel on doing that. They're just doing it differently than what we do. So we really try to highlight. Well, we have a different product. We do. We try to highlight Absolutely. the brands. We have a totally different product. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's it, like I said, it's neither bad or, better or worse. It's just different. Um, but getting back to the trade show, uh, the good and the bad, the front of the trade show was packed. Everybody was packed in there like sardines as far as booths go. There were a lot of booths up front. And the further back you got, it seemed like it was more spread out. Uh, Aside from that, like, let's talk about the West Tampa booth. West Tampa booth wasn't all the way in the back. It was kind of in the middle, but it was blocked by a booth in front that had, I think it was the uh, United booth that had big walls all the way around it. So you, if you were looking for West Tampa, you really had to look for West Tampa. And that's not, I don't think that's fair. And so I think that the PCA needs to really think out the design a little bit more, the floor plan a little bit more when they're doing this and maybe start limiting these booths in height. 
Look, I get it. It's great that these guys want to come in and I know it's a convention, it's a trade show, and that's what trade shows are 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 for is for these big grandiose booths, but when the big guys are kind of overshadowing the little guys, like quite literally, and the little guys don't get a lot of of a play that way, that I think that's a problem. If I can offer some insight into that world of booths, what happens, I don't know if, if people are aware of this, is you collect from your attendance every year of, of uh, purchasing a booth and space at the PCA, uh, you collect points and you go higher up the food chain. So you get, they do it on a hierarchy scheme of like, okay, you're able to select first. So that's why the front is always with the bigger guys or the guys that have been there the longest. So they get first dibs. And I don't think the PCA has any, you know, limitations on what you can do. You get X amount of space, you can do whatever you want in that space. I mean, years past, you had Drew Estates that literally brought a city you know, to, to, I mean, you had to see these booths. They were monstrosities, generals and outsiders. They were like literally like city block, uh, you know, and they like, you know, Rocky had a big booth, you know, the same size he normally does, but his are like, you know, displays on the corner, kind of highlighted and a bunch of tables on the inside. And a lot of people can just kind of cross through it, go through it. And I think they do that by design. The other ones are become like, almost like you have to enter through these walls and, and that's done by their design. So to kind of capture the audience, so to speak. So if they want to build up walls and spend the money and put banners above and, and make it completely their own, the PC, I don't think gives them a, a, you know, any, it doesn't, it, there's no requirements on what you can or cannot do. So the fact that West Tampa was in the middle behind one of those booths, it's bad, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, Tampa I, I, grows in their points, so they'll get closer to the front. You know? Yeah, no, and I and I understand that. I told, I I, I get that. Uh, however, if you know these guys have traditionally had these types of booths, because this isn't the first time United has used a booth like this, uh, you put you you anchor them, you put them on the, the outside, I, like you 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 make this, you make the floor plan a little more friendly. For people who aren't going to do that. And so the floor plan this year, it was everything was congested up front. And then in the back, it opened up and there was a lot more space and there were very few uh, aisles. Like I think even Charlie mentioned that in, in, in what he had written, there weren't very many aisles. There were only like five or six main aisles you could walk up and down. Where in, in the last couple of years, there were a lot of aisles that you could walk up and down. Um, and you got lost and you got lost a lot more. Yeah. And another observation that we haven't touched upon, I have to say, I was kind of surprised. And I think I have to say it's kind of nicer. Um, and I think that was because of TPE's, um, you know, their version of the trade show, totally different type of trade show, um, where people like, let's say the Perdomo booth, it was a fraction of what he normally brings. And most of the big guys, had half or a quarter of the size, including AJ and some of the bigger booths, they were very small. PDR used to have a big booth. They had a very small, you know, um, Perdomo used to have this huge booth with his drum set being the highlight in the middle and, and so much space devoted to that. And I think it was probably a quarter of what they normally do this year. 
and, and I most think, of the big guys had smaller booths. And I think, like you said, a lot of that is due to how TPE runs things where everybody gets the same size booth. That's it. And so I think there's something to be said about that. Am I saying that the PCA needs to go to that? Absolutely not. Because it is fun to look at these giant booths and kind of what they do and the creativity of their teams to come up with it. I, I do enjoy that. Uh, but I do feel like sometimes the, the smaller booths that people don't want to spend that kind of cash uh, to do that kind of get lost. Now that said, you know, the, the big highlight for the show was uh, Wildfire Cigars who brought that camper in and people were going nuts over that, that camper for a, a lot of different reasons. Um, but they got, they got like the most creative, uh, you know, of, of a small manufacturer uh, award for the booth or whatever. And so good on them. Uh, so there are ways I think you can do it cost effectively if you're a smaller company, but I think the PCA should maybe try to try to spread it out a little bit more is all I'm saying. Have and I can, I can tell you this, uh, James, I talked to some of the bigger booths that were there, some of the manufacturers and some of the feedback I got was, you know what, we're going to go much smaller because they realize, you know, look, cutting their, whether they have half the size of what they brought this year, I don't think they're going to have half the business. You know what I mean? There's only a, a certain amount of uh, turn you can get anyway. So people are going to visit you if you're a destination. If it's half the spot, it's just going to be more crowded. And I think a lot of people are going to go that way. You know, it'll be interesting to see what some of the uh, bigger companies that are coming back next year that are saying they're coming back, if they're going to stay smaller, if they're going to go big. I so that'll be interesting as well. If it's going to be a main street type design, like Scott was alluding to, and a lot can change in a, in a few months, but if that's what I, I think you're going to see a lot of smaller booths, not just because of where the, where it's going to be held at the Las Vegas convention center, but like, let's face it, the boom is over. And while the boom might be over, my biggest takeaway from this is how everybody said they did more business this year than they did last year. Everybody, it was almost universal. And that shocked me. Because with the boom being over, you would think that retailers would have curtailed their spending by just even just a little bit. And it doesn't seem like they did. In fact, from the retailers that I have talked to and that I know personally, they have all said they are still making money hand over fist. People are walking in the door less, but the people who are walking in are buying more. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing because the, the numbers aren't matching up with what retailers are seeing, right? So there were fewer imports this year. There's going to be fewer imports next year uh, of cigars. And the the retailers are still making money, even though the boom's over. Everyone, and they're still buying. There's still Well, there's buying. a different kind of boom, James. I think the reason there's less imports is because most of the manufacturers are now selling more overseas. Because of uh, Cuba and their pricing, there's a void internationally. And let's face it, it's a lot easier for a manufacturer like I do to ship one shipment to a distributor and they do everything. So instead of having to deal with a thousand individual retailers in the US, you have just a bunch of, you know, let's say 10 distributors that you're sending to. It's a lot cheaper for a manufacturer to do that. And it's a lot less work. Let's, let's be honest. So, and there's a lot less product, you know, because tobacco, there's a bit of a shortage. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, Ecuador, you know, so much rain this past year, you know, the, the harvests have not been as good. So there's less tobacco. And 
uh, it's being divvied out among, you know, the other quick payers, you know, instead of having to deal with retailers and, and worrying about collecting their money, they're, they're able to put their money back in their pockets. And uh, so there's less tobacco, so which is also driving up the prices. So retailers are also able to make more profit because the prices of cigars are definitely going up. Now, I don't know if that's because of the trend that's being started in Cuba, but I think there's something to be said. If they're, they're saying, hey, listen, if they can get $300 for a Cuban cigar, why can't we get $100 for a cigar? And so, you know, and they're doing it. And certain manufacturers are doing it and they're selling. So people that are smoking that have a lot of disposable income are stepping up and spending more per cigar price-wise. So the prices are definitely going up. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that assessment. I know this is Tim's show. Uh, I, <laughs> no, it's. I just put my name on he, it and let you said, guys talk. Has he said anything in the last? Yeah, like yeah, no. Uh, hi, I just I just showed up. I was <laughs> actually going to yeah. say before uh, we were kind of going off topic of the PCA, which is fine. Um, but one of the things that I noticed, <laughs> and after you're there for three days, you kind of figure out the lay of the land. Uh, but I wish they would fix their their website. Because they have an interactive map on it where you can be like, I want to find West Tampa. Where is it? And it's not mobile friendly at all. And yeah, no, well, they need Tim, an app. Yeah. Tim, an app. Yeah. Tim, in years past, they had an app. It was great. You could punch the app. You punch in the booth. It'll tell you what booth number and you fought, you could find it. This year, you couldn't do that. You know, they didn't have that mobile app. They didn't have that website where like there was times where we were looking for certain manufacturers. And it was a little difficult finding them where that was the best thing. Being a tech guy, I love that mobile app. And it was just so great. Punching in where you want, boom, and you can literally, it's kind of having the maps for the trade show. And I yeah. think if anything that they could do to improve, get that to get that app back, that was great. Uh, and I, I, I missed it. And I know a lot of retailers probably did as well. So I know, like I said, I know this is Tim's show, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask a couple questions uh, uh, because I kind of want to, get everyone's perspective on it. So the first question I want to ask is, and, and so we're going to have the educated answer. We're going to have Tim's uneducated answer. And then we're going to have my <laughs> layman's answer. So, At least you know what you're expecting. I, I know exactly what I'm getting when I ask this. So yeah. we'll, we'll do this in a certain order, but Tim, do you think the PCA trade show is still relevant and should manufacturers and retailers, especially go to this show? Is it important? I think it is. Yeah. And and I think that they've made vast improvements over the short, you know, over the three trade shows that we've gone to. I think they've made vast improvements. I think you're you're getting a lot more interaction with the retailers bringing in the BCA. Um, I, I feel like they're listening and I, I feel like they're like growing. Yeah, I think they're important. I've gotten more email traffic from the PCA after this trade show than I ever have. And I enjoy the hell out of it. Do you really? Because my my email is full and I hate it. Uh, yeah, I don't no, get I, as I, many emails as you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is still relevant. I think, you know, the I think Coop was right with the theme this year being like, who's here? Like there were a lot of it. Liga was or uh, Pravada Club was there. The only people that weren't really there were Drew Estate and Davidoff. And that Drew Estate was still kind of there with with Hoya, and and, and I, I think that it is still relevant. I think they are making a lot of strides. The PCA is moving in the right direction and doing a lot of things, um, not just 
with media, like with the media boost, great place to do a data dump and kind of regroup uh, a couple times a day and, and, and have that space to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would agree with everything you said. I think your uneducated answer is the same as my layman's answer. Now let, let's ask the Wait, expert. Uh, hold on, I'm going to do a mic drop and get out of here. Yeah, no, let's, let, let's ask the expert. Nick, is, is the PCA still relevant? Absolutely. You know, talking to a lot of the new brands, if you want awareness, I mean, I think a lot of the new brands, maybe they didn't get the orders that they were expecting, having talked to a lot of these guys and, and some of the, but they were happy in the sense that they were at least got their brand awareness out there. Retailers got to see them. If it's, you know, it, it, it's a journey, you know, the first couple of years you're there, you know, you're there just to say, Hey, we're here, we're, we're here and we're ready to play. And a retailer, let's say they would see him this time. Maybe they would stop by, just get an awareness of them. Well, who are you? What are you about? So next year, they're going to remember them. They're going to say, hey, these guys were here last year. Let's see what they got this year. So it takes a couple of years. So the orders start. I remember talking to Sean Williams. I remember having a conversation with him when he had with his own brand. And he said, Nick, the first trade show, I got two orders. Two orders. And at least he was honest. A lot of retailers you know, got to see them, you know, and then the next year there was this, and then it went a lot of, a lot of manufacturers, new, new brands that are out there. They're always like, Oh, it was great. It was great. Maybe they didn't get the order, you know, uh, which are necessary to keep coming back to pay for the expense or have, you know, the finances to be able to support them, you know, on a long term. But, you know, for people that think, you know, a couple bucks, it's not cheap getting into this game. It's not inexpensive. You have to spend money to become a brand that, that's recognized and aware. And the biggest thing is the longevity. If you think, like anything else in marketing or advertising, if you're going to put one ad and expect to, you know, you know, explode, it's not going to happen. It's being there time and time and the repetitiveness of the ads. And the same thing being there year after year with the PCA is where retailers get to see them and get to know them so i think is it relevant sure you know um there's a lot there's than just being aware you have to have the logistics of being able to visit these shops after because what a lot of retailers want is support from the brands and a lot of the smaller brands that are excited to do that i think they're going to find it. if they don't have the network in place the brokers the, you know the visits it's an expensive proposition to fly around the country you know, to do these small shops and these events. And they're going to realize, like, well, you know, it's the cost of diminishing returns, you know. It's an expensive proposition to, but again, you have to be there for the long haul. If you think you're going to go in there, gangbusters, uh, unless you have something very unique, some gimmick, uh, and I hate to use the word gimmick, but you need something to make you stand out. Because the reality is, guys, everybody's making good cigars. But it doesn't matter. I believe you, if you have, what somebody may think is a shit cigar, somebody likes that cigar and somebody's going to buy it. But if you have enough awareness, uh, presence, and uh, marketing behind you, you'll be able to sell that cigar as well. So the reality is everybody's making great cigars. The level of cigar making is definitely at a different level. And I think it's a matter of getting your position and jockeying for some of those consumer dollars. Yep. And the PCA helps. No, I, I, I agree. I think, I think you're 100% spot on. My, my next question uh, pertains specifically to media, uh, and it's kind of a two-part question. Um, so first is, do you think the PCA is moving in the right direction with media, how they treat us, how we're being treated by the manufacturers? 
how we're 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 kind of seen uh, by all parties involved. That would be my first question. My second question is this: I was approached by somebody in the media uh, about putting together a uh, sort of a media collective and having a, a media row at the PCA, where instead of us going to booths, the uh, we like we're all in one spot. So, for example, Steve Saka could just take a day and hit everybody down the line. Um, and I see Nick's already shaking his head. Uh, and I agree. I, I, and I told, uh, I told the gentleman who approached me about it, that I thought it was a terrible idea, uh, because where, for example, and this is another thing, the PCA, there's no longer a day four. they haven't really announced it, but when you look at the dates, there's no longer a day four, uh, which is a half day. And that half day, uh, even Charlie said, and I hate to be Keep going back to, to, to what uh, Mr. Minato said uh, in Half Wheel, but it, that's the best day for media because it may be a half day, but I was able to get uh, a half hour interview with Sebastian from uh, Cavalier and a half hour interview with Nick Melillo from Foundation. And if I hadn't had to take Dumb and Dumber to the airport uh, so they didn't miss their flight, I would have had two or three more half hour interviews with folks there on the floor. Um so I, I'm going to miss day four. Let me just say that. But I think not seeing the booth takes away from it. And then that will also uh, prohibit some of these guys uh, in the industry who are always busy uh, from taking more than 10, five to 10 minutes. They go down media row. They're going to want to get it done. They want to get it over with. They don't want to have the same questions asked time and time again. So I personally think it's a bad idea. I told him that I would not be interested. Um, and at the same time, uh, the PCA, in my opinion, needs to do a better job of gatekeeping who is media and who isn't. If you were media and you ha- you do not have a badge that says media, you should not be allowed to have, a, you know, full free run, free reign of the show floor with your camera and your microphone running around getting interviews from these guys because you are not media. We pay in every year $400 to the PCA to be a member of the PCA. Then we pay another $300 to get two extra badges so we can bring five people to the show so we can pump out and get as much content as we can. And there are some guys who call themselves media, some folks out there, and they are not, they do not buy into the PCA. They go on a retailer's uh, uh, badge or they go on a manufacturer's badge. And instead of doing things for that retailer or that manufacturer, they are doing things to to gather and create content. And I think that needs to stop. So Tim, we'll go to you. You want to, you have any thoughts on any of that? And then we'll go to the expert. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a whole lot. Uh, I, so I do like the idea of a media collaborative where uh, the media people all know each other. We all get along with each other. We, we share secrets. We help each other out when needed. I like the idea of that. Uh, and we talked to quite a few other media at the trade show. I mean, we had a lot of them that came up and they're like, hey, what's what's on your uh, rig? What do you got going on? You know, and we were talking wireless microphones and we we're talking all sorts of other equipment. So I like that. The media row, I think, is a stupid idea because, like you said, nobody if if I'm Bob tobacco guy. And uh, you you want me to do what you want me to take an hour of my day and try to run through the gauntlet. No, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sell my product. I'm going to talk to my customers. 
And if I have five minutes when media comes around, I'll give them five minutes. So, and then plus the sheer cost of having to buy that real estate. Yeah. I don't think that pays off. And I 100% agree uh, with the with the individuals uh, that go on a retailer's badge or or whatever, and they go around being media when they're not media. It's I think the retailers, while they're at the show, when somebody's like, hey, I'd like to do an interview. If you don't have that media tag on your badge, sorry, I can't do one with you. That's what I think. Nick? Okay. The idea of this media role is don't don't even don't even entertain it. It's not gonna happen. I don't care how big or small nobody you said Steve Saka. I don't care even the new guy. Nobody's gonna leave their booth where they're potentially gonna be making sales. Even though they want the coverage, they are not gonna leave their booth. You know, they're spending money, good money, and they wanna be there to entertain and speak to the potential retailers that are going to buy their product. They're not going to take time away, even if they have a staff. You know, if I had a staff, I still want to be there because nobody's going to sell the product better than the proprietor, than the owner, than the people that are behind it. They don't want, you know, they want to at least, if nothing more, be in control or supervise what's going on. So they're not going to leave their boot. So there's that. I think that's a, a moot point. I think it's it's a nice idea. The, the, what Tim said about the friendliness and the, the, uh, the collaboration and the, you know, exchange of ideas. That's, I think the media should be friendly because we all have different products and the ones in the long term that are going to stick around are the ones that are taking it seriously. Now that's the other point. A lot, you know, talking about these so-called clandestine media that are going there. The biggest problem, the PCA, has had over the years was getting unauthorized people on the floor. And the biggest, you know, problem has been in the past. And, and I saw it a lot this year. And as a manufacturer, it drove me crazy. And I know it drives these guys crazy. There's a lot of retailers. They're not going to go, but their best consumers, they'll give their badges and say, you can go represent us, but they have no buying authority. So they'll go and it's trick or treat. So they're walking around. It's like the big smoke. You know, where they get to meet their, you know, their, their heroes, their, their celebrity brand owners. And for them, it's like, ooh, ah, great. But you know what? That takes time away from that manufacturer talking to a guy that he thinks. So I would bet people, well, I remember used to drive me crazy and I would know within 30 seconds or a minute, this guy's full of shit most of the times. And literally I would say, listen, guy, here, here's a scar. Just get the hell out of here and move on to the next guy and waste their time. And there was a lot of them, you know, I call them trick-or-treaters. They go with their bags. So now a lot of these consumers with the onset of Instagram and Facebook Live and everything, everybody thinks they're, they're a media guy. So what are they doing? They're, they're hardcore consumers that, you know, have an Instagram. Anybody can have an Instagram. But if they're not willing to pony up the money to be a member, they shouldn't have access. And, and they're there under manufacturing badges, under retail badges. And I watched a lot of these guys that they're there to score cigars. And it's, it's a shame. And it's definitely a knock on the real media that's there to produce a product for the consumers because they can't be at the show. So they get to live vicariously through the media and they're almost like they're there and they get to get the same information, but they're not getting the free cigars. You know, and the ones that want to just get the free cigars, that's not the place for it, man. Go pay the money. Go to the big slopes. Go to the regional uh, outlets where the you know the Rocky Mountain Show, the Kentucky Herf, 
where you can go as a consumer, get to meet the manufacturers on a regional level or on a national level with, with cigar aficionados, big smoke type of thing. That's not the place for it. But the problem is the PCA has done a pretty good job of trying to crack down by making it less badges per retailer and paying a higher price for those. But a lot of consumers are willing to pay for that, you know, whatever the cost is to the retailer. But again, it takes away from the manufacturers and the, and the brands that are presenting at the show. That's the main thing. So I saw a lot of these guys with not real, you know, you know, with their iPhones out there trying to record and with their cameras, they'll go there with a the camera and try to look like media. And you're like, hey, who are you with? And I'm like, oh, I'm not really with this brand. I'm just here to do this. And that drives me crazy, you know, and the PCA needs to, but we need to police our own, you know, as well. And I know the media can do that. You know, the, the real players that are there spending hard, you know, money and time to do this, they should be the ones. But you're right. The manufacturers should be like, oh, you don't have a media bag? I'm not going to give you an interview. But the reality is they're willing to talk to anybody because yeah. if they get two more guys, they're going to do it. So you, you can't depend on the manufacturers, on the exhibitors to do the policing. It's got to be on the PCA and amongst ourselves to do that policing. Well, let, let me let let me make this point. I know Tim's going, Jesus Christ, guys, can you guys shut up? This is going to be forever to edit. But let me let, let me let me say this about that. Um, you know, during during the media press conference, we were told that we need to police it and we need to let them know who's doing that sort of stuff. Uh, there was uh, Scott had said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here. He's like, hey, guys, if you're in this room, I'm not talking to you. This is not nobody in this room has done this because you're in this room, which means you're you're legit media. Um, but some folks were harassing uh, some manufacturers, I'm going to assume, for free cigars and, and time uh, to uh, to interview them and whatnot. And Scott said, you know, look, you guys need to help us crack down on this. Let us know who these guys are so we can we can take care of it. The problem with that is, <clears throat> um, as Randy uh, so eloquently pointed out in a text message to me as he was filming behind us as we were all sitting there, uh, snitches get stitches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's not... I, I understand what you're saying, Nick, and I understand what Scott's saying that we have to police our own. But when I am friendly with some of these guys who are cigar media who have decided not to pay in to uh, the PCA and have decided to try to, you know, get somebody to let them come in. Look, I, I understand. I, I understand better than most four hundred dollars and then another three hundred so seven hundred dollars a year to just go to this event. That doesn't include travel. It doesn't include food. It doesn't include lodging. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a steep price to pay, you know, and, and if you don't have the supporters to do that and you're not taking, uh, advertisements and you're not taking, uh, sponsorships, it, it, it's a, it's a big ask. So, you know, they're going to try to finagle their way in. And for me to go and literally snitch on them, it's not something that I want to do. Uh, I, that's not my job. I don't want to take the time to have to find Scott Pierce or uh, anybody else on on staff there, Glenn Loop or, or Joshua Bursky or, or anybody, Aaron, like I don't, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to, uh, to, to have to do that. It's their job to police that. And I think Tim is right on the money. If the PCA looks at the manufacturers and says, Hey, look guys, this year, if somebody comes up for an interview, make sure they have that little media thing on their badge. 
And if they've got the media thing, feel free to talk to them. But if they don't say, Hey, look, I see you're with uh, a manufacturer or you're with somebody else. I'm not doing interviews with anybody. If they don't have the media tag on their badge, I think that is the easiest, most effective way to, to get that done. And I'm pretty sure that the manufacturers were given a list with all the meat, with all the attendees, whose media uh, and whose names are on it. Uh, because I think we went up to one booth and, uh, and I don't remember who it was. And they saw Nick and they're like, Oh yeah. Hey Nick, I saw your name on the list. So I think that the manufacturers are given a list with, Hey, these are the media companies that are members of the PCA and they will be in attendance. Yeah. So, and like, but like, and like Nick said, these guys are going to talk to anybody, but I think if they just take a minute, look at the down at the badge and go, you don't have media. Sorry. I can't, I'm not going to talk to you this year. I think that would uh, alleviate. Deter a lot. Yeah. 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 As I can appreciate the stitches, the snitches get stitches <laughs> comment. I agree. Nobody wants to be the guy to rat somebody out. Uh, but at the same time, when I say the media needs to police their own, I don't mean rat these people out, but just pull the guy aside and say, guys, you know, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And I know it's an expensive thing, but listen, we're paying it. And we're not getting you know, nearly uh, the amount. We're just starting, okay, with, with the sponsorship and everything else for the last four years. You know, James, you've gotten hardly anything in, you know, and you're realizing now after being, you know, talked to by the rest of the members of this, uh, everybody else team, in this freaking thing, team, yeah. that it's a necessary <laughs> part of the business. You said, no, I like to buy all my cigars. I don't want any manufacturers sending them, uh, sending me cigars. But, you know, the reality is whether you're paying for them or they're sending them to you, people assume you're getting it for free anyway. So, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with accepting cigars and me as a manufacturer i'd rather give cigars to a media to a legit media that's going to promote my show you know that, you know promote or not you know what i mean it's like at least it's better than just it's a good use of money is what i'm saying so i think there's nothing wrong with that but i think the manufacturers most of them if they start doing that that's great but a lot of them are going to talk to anybody uh, the key is you're right. They the, the PCA needs to to do the piece of the policing too. You know they have volunteers. They need to walk around if they see a guy with a camera walking around just the way we see them. If they see him and say, "Hey, are you really with so and so brand, or are you just taking you know?" And I think that's going to deter these folks from coming there. They're, even influencers, you know, there's that influencer category that we haven't touched upon. You know, they need to pay too, and they and some of them do. Because they're making bigger bucks than we are, for sure, as media, because they're getting paid one way or the other. And that's why these brands are giving them badges, because they know they're going to promote them. So it's a catch-22. So, again, it's the, the, the same story where the retailers giving their badges to consumers and for consumers pretending that they're media. So it, it's part of the PCA's job to elevate them to a different level as well and make it better for manufacturers. To have less, you know, do the uh, the gatekeeper, so to speak, you know, in, in the way that they're letting people in, you know, as far as the retailers that are so-called retailers and then so-called media. So that is the nasty part of this business that uh, I don't think they'll ever stop. But if you can just try to curtail it or more than if nothing more deter people, you know, on the retailer side and on the media side, because that's become a bigger part of the business. Yeah, I agree. Do you have other questions or was that it? 
No, that was it. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, my I, goodness. I didn't, right. I, I, I didn't mean to uh, take over the secret sauce. God forbid. No, you, you can't. You can't. You can be another condiment <laughs> on the so shelf, okay. but you can't. You can't be the secret sauce. That no, that's purely I, me. Uh, I know that we have uh, some some comments, some feedback out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't get this a lot, so when we do, we definitely want to highlight it. Um, and I, I'm not even going to try uh, his his last name, uh, but Achilles, um, out of I believe he's out of Australia, uh, and he's uh, he's herfed with Nick a few times. Uh, big fan uh, of Nick's. He actually commented on a couple of our videos uh, on YouTube, and I appreciate that. It means that people are actually watching it. Uh, the best after show by far. Good luck topping it. Uh, and this was uh, in uh, the uh, to he was uh, commenting on uh, episode twelve, where we talked about uh, Luciano behind his back. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about this cigar and how it brings people together. Uh, I'm 51, and I would say that I met my best friends at the age of 48. My best friends are the guys in our cigar club in Australia. We drive locally, but also fly ac- across the country to herf together. On my birthday that just passed, I had 40 brothers at my place from all over the country smoking LH premium Nick cigars and eating gyros. Gyros or gyros? I call them gyros. Gyros, gyros is the correct uh, pronunciation. Okay. of that term the americanized version is gyro yeah no, but I it means it was circle you know yeah. gyro gyro no. yeah gyro. which, it's, which it's i had gyro. my the best gyro ever on the way out to vegas at a place called nick's place <laughs> it wasn't your place <laughs> but it was called nick's and it was amazing it was, it was in utah it was really good well, uh, a greek a greek yeah. meant and named nick i never heard of it before. yeah never never, never. uh no. no um and we're going to be doing it again in november this time in adelaide uh, and we will have people flying in from Perth, West Coast to East Coast. Uh, on Friday and Saturday nights, we herf via Zoom. Ten, 10 guys, 20 guys. Sometimes a few are on till 3 o'clock in the morning. Ask Nick. He's been on one. Uh, maybe the three of you can jump on sometime. We'd love to smoke a cigar with you all. Uh, the leaf is special, and you're right. If you get it, you get it. Uh, and it's the guy who gets it that we want to be around and chill with. The cigar may be the greatest equalizer, but it's also the greatest filter of people. And that is a direct quote from Achilles. And I'm not going to try your last name again. Not doing it. Not. No. <laughs> uh, thank you all for the great work that you do. Really enjoying the PCA stuff. Uh, keep well, uh, Achilles. And then um, he said, James, this is this is uh, in response, I guess, to me saying, you know, I guess we're taking sponsorships like manufacturers. <laughs> I take your money. Uh, we'll highlight your product. Um, James, do what you got to do to make the show a success, whether it's sponsorships or whatever, but do it with integrity. If you have integrity, no one will question what you do or how you do it. It's why my cigar brothers and I love Nick integrity. He has it in spades. And I feel that you, uh, so do you or Nick wouldn't be a part of the show. I just haven't snowed. Uh, I trust Nick and therefore, uh, trust you and Tim. Oh, oh good. Fucking, Thank you. I was a, like, I'm not going to get any credit for being trustworthy. That's a fucking stretch right there. Yeah. But, uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, that. That I feel is how the cigar smoking community works. Uh, Achilles, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, I responded to you on there. We had a, a short little conversation. I, for one, would love to come on and do a herf. However, I think I did the, the time difference. Uh, it would be like six o'clock in the yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like yeah, five or I, six, I, we figured out. Yeah. Or yeah, five. When I did the one, it was literally like five, six in the morning. Uh, it's a tough time to get on, but uh, you know, Achilles is not only a brother of the leaf, he's a fellow Greek, he's an Australian that loves my product. So, 
Uh, shout out to the Felix. Thank you so much for being a uh, listener of the show and promoting the show. I'm sure to all your cigar friends and uh, for doing a great job for promoting relationships in Australia for me. Thank you, Felix. Yeah, no, thanks, man. I, I appreciate the invite. Uh, let us know when uh, you want us to come on. I'll, I'll come on. Fuck it. I don't care. I'll get up at four o'clock. Maybe I just won't sleep. I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out. Uh, pull an all-nighter. Pull an all-nighter. Put a shrimp on the bobby. That's the fucking worst Australian Ooh. accent ever. Yeah, you're not, getting, you're not getting invited this now. This is a knife. No, they're going to be like this fucking guy. This fucking, this fucking American and his stupid fucking accents. Uh, but thank you so much for the feedback. I appreciate it, guys. Hey, you can send an email to us at, what's the fucking email, Tim? I believe it's CTA at simplystogies.com. Yeah, hey, look, we'll do a fucking mailbag. It's Tim's show. I'll make him do it. I'll do uh, anything, at least once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even know why I agreed to do this fucking show, Tim. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So thanks for the feedback. Give us your feedback, And then you guys. added me to the show. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> Nick, we can't do an after show without you. I know you've said it's that true. a couple of times. You're like, well, you started it without me, and now I'm getting pulled in. I'm doing like 87 of these fucking podcasts a week. Uh, yeah, you are. Because <laughs> we can't do this without you, man. It, it would literally just be two idiots fucking talking. We have to have somebody who knows their shit. You know their shit. Yep. So, like, we can't, we can't, we can't do it without you, Nick. And so we appreciate yeah. your time. And I know. I, I, I do enjoy these PTAs. I really have to say it's because I don't do anything except show up. So it's quite easy, you know, and, uh, you know, I yeah. do enjoy talking cigars. That's why I'm in the business. I don't, all well, I do is edit the audio. Yeah. It takes me five minutes, send it to Tim and he has to put it together. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the one day I watch it and I'm like, why am I not in this? He completely edited me <laughs> out. Like, I'm just gone. I'm not there. Oh my gosh. That is happening. Just that's use gonna an be avatar. A, just yeah, use an avatar. You could do that very easily. That's a call back to Ben. I got an idea. Oh, God damn it, Ben. God damn you. And now I'm not coming to the vintage. If Ooh, Tim does man. that, I'm not going to the vintage. No, I think you will. Yeah, no, I will. If I'm in Charlotte, that's definitely where I'm going is the vintage. Great, great spot. That's Go a great spot. Charlotte, that's a great spot, man. Uh, if you're going to have a cigar, highly recommend the vintage to go smoke and enjoy uh, Charlotte. I think it's the best spot in Charlotte right now for sure. Oh, without a doubt. They've got high-end whiskey. Um, it's, it's definitely a whiskey bar as well. Uh, their members only lounge, which I don't even know. I, at the time when I was there a couple of years ago, I think their membership was full. Uh, but their members only lounge is absolutely beautiful. They've got a, uh, an enclosed conference room behind glass. Go check it out. Simply You can see the review, but it's absolutely a gorgeous spot. Great place to smoke cigars. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out. Like it's weird. Cause North Carolina is one of those States where you have to be a member to smoke. So they sell day passes. But you can go in there and get a day pass and you make a whole day of it. I know uh, myself and Randy did uh, several days while we were in Charlotte. We just literally camped there. Went there went right as they opened up, paid for the day pass. Like they had food, uh, they had drinks, they had a ton of cigars. It was, a, it was a good time. So check it out, Vintage. I think that's that's all I got. Tim, you can have your show back. Yeah, thanks. Don't forget to uh, look us up on all the socials, Simply Stogies Podcast. Definitely do that. Go out to simplystogies.com. Uh, check out all the latest reviews and articles. And if you feel generous, become an LE member. Uh, we're working on some ideas to uh, 
payback to the LE members. I don't know if I want to spoil anything quite yet because we have a few little logistical things that we have to work out, but uh, we're working on that. Uh, YouTube, Tim, I, I think it's very reasonable. I do too. Uh, do it. Just make it happen, Tim. Yeah. It's your show. Make it happen. Uh, I know. All right. Well, we'll we'll say. Look, something. I think the fee yeah. is is very reasonable. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, what uh, is it, Tim? Ten, ten bucks ten, a month. Yeah, ten bucks a month. That's all it is. You can pay you're generous, per month. You can pay thirty. Yeah, we've got uh, three tiers. But I mean, so for ten, 10 bucks, 30. I think it's a great value. And uh, as you said, you're going to talk about uh, some future incentives to be uh, LE members, where you get a little extra. Um, and I think it's a good thing. They could feel more a part of the show. Um, and we wouldn't be here without their uh, viewership. Uh, listenership, which reminds me, I mean, I know most of the people are listening to this on the podcast, but we do have all, all these videos. We're recording video for a reason, guys. You can watch it on uh, Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, not Facebook, uh, Google, YouTube, and okay, all right. YouTube, YouTube. and now Rumble. I sound like a non- YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, Rumble, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube right. and Rumble. Well, something, but the, 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 the you point can, is, you can, you can also find it on, on Nick's uh, MySpace. <laughs> that's okay. still that's still All alive right. and well is that still a thing is myspace still, i had no idea oh, that was still MySpace. a thing no no i don't think it's still a thing maybe tim's still a member but yeah uh, i think tim's yeah. myspace no. is still up and running i think yeah, a lot a lot of people think facebook is is a, a thing for old people only and i and i you know, young people don't. Everything is Instagram. So Old people and their drama. Time, That's all Facebook is good for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whatever works. Anyway, gents, shall we get out of here? Uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah. Next next week, uh, PCA uh, Trade Show Part 2. I already went down, run down who's going to be on there, but it's uh, it's going to be uh, Matt Booth, uh, Steve Saka, Nick Melillo, Sebastian from uh, Cavalier, and Enrico from Canada Cigars. Uh, and then, uh, the week after that, there's going to be a CTA that is going to highlight, uh, a couple of lounges that I think you guys will enjoy smoldering, uh, here in Iowa and Metro out there in Joyce. Uh, so you're going to want to check those out as well. And then the week after that, oh boy, do we have a guest for you? Brian Desmond from Pravada club will be on. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that, getting him on, asking him some questions. Uh, and uh, we'll see how that goes. It should be a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to it. Um, he reached out to us and asked to come on, and I said absolutely, 100%, because I kind of felt bad that we didn't get around to him at the at the trade show, uh, so I expressed my uh, apologies to him already for that. And before we get out of here real quick, because I know we're running super long and Tim's like, really, something else, uh, I want to just <laughs> publicly apologize uh, to Stolen Throne uh, a few months ago, I put out a, a review of uh, their Ellie, the Phantom Queen, and I stand behind uh, the score on that review. My experience with that cigar was not the greatest. However, I was very passive aggressive at the very least on Instagram about the whole thing, and that uh, was uh, very unprofessional on my part. So I want to publicly apologize to Lee Marsh and company at Stolen Throne uh, we got a chance to talk at the trade show and I apologize to him, uh, directly and I, we're all good, but, uh, yeah, that was, you won't see that anymore. Uh, I'll keep it professional on the gram, but, uh, that's all I've got. That's Tim. Uh, and that's Nick. They're, they're around here somewhere. We're somewhere. We're somewhere. It doesn't matter. We're here. Uh, yeah. Until next time. Stay smoky friends.